Hi, this is Robert O'Reilly. My name is Gowron. Honor to you and your house. You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to the next generation. I'm your host, Richard Marquez, and here with me is... Amy Nelson. Hello, everyone. And Lee Hutchison. Awesome. Well, today we have an interesting conversation. We're going to be talking about the uniforms or costumes of TNG. What's our favorite and what we didn't like and what we might have wanted to see um, differently. But before we do, uh, Amy has an announcement. Yes, we are in the middle of our iTunes uh, ratings and review giveaway. Just wanted to give a shout out to a recent review on iTunes from Death Watch Doc. And he says, Star Trek The Next Generation was my first contact with Star Trek franchise. I was introduced by my father and grandfather and watched some of TNG and most of DS9 in first run and again on syndication. I enjoy the discussions between the hosts, both the original and subsequent hosts, and find the information exchange to be informative and entertaining. Trek FM is the premier provider of Star Trek podcasts, and this show certainly contributes to that reputation. We're so grateful for your review and encourage everyone else to go ahead and give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And for that, we have a fabulous giveaway of the Blu-ray set, complete seven seasons of The Next Generation, generously donated by a patron, Drew Kim. And so we are running that for February. And so hurry, get your ratings in. And we look forward to hearing what you have to say about Earl Grey. Awesome. And it is a definitely a, a very good uh, collector set, or a, uh, it's a very good Blu-ray set, as Amy knows, because she got it for Christmas. Yes, Wait, I did. You, you absolutely love it? <laughs> absolutely. There are so many extras. I am just loving every single bit. I just got through season one, and they have a gag reel that is hilarious. So, so worth it. So get your iTunes ratings and review in. Awesome. Yeah, they're definitely gag rolls uh, for each season is is awesome. It's very entertaining. <laughs> I think it's the special features that take the, the number for me. I think the special features on the Blu-ray, you know, I paid like about £50 each per box set, which you can buy now that you can buy the entire set for that price. Um, but I would say that money was just totally worth it for the behind the scenes candid documentary. So that was a total pleasure to watch more so than the the refurbished episodes so yeah the the special features are certainly going to be a treat for for people yes it's it's too bad you can't like compare i wonder if you can compare the the two uh special features if there's any difference between the box set and the actual individual sets that were being released no it's just an all-in really so yeah you're, you're pretty good 
Okay. Okay. Well, then I won't buy the box set. <laughs> right on. Well, so we have uh, in a very interesting episode. We're going to be talking about the uniforms and also the uh, the costumes of TNG. But before we do, right now, my co-hosts do not know or do not have a video feed of what I am wearing right now. So... Um, it's nothing to worry about, guys. So don't worry about it. It ain't no birthday suit. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Hey. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so right now, I know you guys can't see this, but um, I'm wearing the post or you know what I'm wearing the generations uh, uniform uh, engineering, and it's also uh, Deep Space Nine for the first three or four seasons as well as Voyager. Actually, it's more of the Voyager uniform. So let's dive into this episode. Uh, first off, what I, the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that we see a lot of interesting costumes. Obviously, we see the next generation uniforms from the t- uh, the tight spandex jumpsuits to basically to the uniform that we see in seasons three through six. And we also see several costumes that are extravagant, like Waxana Troy, something very, <laughs> very elaborate and uh, at times uh, uh, visually stimulating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. <laughs> but we also see uh, characters like Deanna Troy, who we never see a uniform on her until, what, season six. So what do you guys think of the uniforms of TNG? Um, it's a mixed bag. I think the first two seasons without the collars, they're just kind of a bit too pajama-like. I don't take them kind of seriously as a kind of futuristic space armada navy uniform. I think the scans are pretty cool. I like that the males are wearing them. I think that's a very interesting choice. Um, So yeah, I'm all for that. As someone that could wear a kilt if I wanted to, I'm quite happy to know I'd have the option of a space kilt if I wanted. Um, So yeah, I'm not not a big fan of those kind of the season one ones in particular. I I always think the ones when the collars kick in is like, it's like the same as Riker's beard. It's like a further step up in quality. And I think they look like credible uniforms for the 24th century now you mentioned kilts did you like the male version of the uniform with the i guess you, i, I want to say dress uniform it's not really a dress uniform uh, but not really I, I think like the dress uniform probably went through about like 10 different versions before they ever settled in one it was the same with the admiral's uniform i think every time you saw a dress uniform and an admiral's uniform it was in constant rotation so um yeah i wasn't kind of a big fan of the early seasons ones and and i, I kind of was pretty cool with them kind of by by later seasons anyway what do you think amy well uh We did see Troy in a uniform in Encounter at Farpoint. She was in the uh, blue dress, little mini skirt dress thing. So we do see her in a uniform early on, but it is only for one episode. So I will give you that. It is uh, most common that she does get her uniform in season six. But just remember, she did wear a uniform in the very first episode. And yeah, I have to agree with Lee. It is very pajama-like and these just sort of these onesies that they're walking around in. And then, of course, later we get the uh, Picard maneuver when he pulls down his jacket. That's always a favorite of mine. So um, 
And I like seeing Wesley's progression with his uniform, starting with the his sweaters and then finally getting into a uniform as he get his more time on the bridge. So are you talking about the strict gray one? Or are you talking about the is it blue, red and yellow? Yeah. Stripe on it. <laughs> Both of those are just sort of hilarious and very funny. And I'm like, sweaters, is that futuristic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you if you didn't know, uh, they actually had spandex for uh, for the first few uh, few seasons, and then they actually went into that comfortable wool and well, I don't know if you want to call it comfortable, but they definitely well this I don't know this is made, this is this uniform is made out of wool, and it's got like a, a a nylon liner in it as well. So at least at least it's that, and I'm not itching all over the place. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, you know, one of the things that I uh, that I found in uh, throughout the Internet was an article that was posted back in 2014. And, you know, some of the things that they were saying, like uh, some of the things that, you know, that's going to shatter your world about the TNG uh, TNG uh, uniforms. So I'm just going to go off of what they uh, what they said. So obviously with the uniform made out of spandex, it's going to stink. <laughs> Six, seven hours. I don't know how many hours of shooting they, they do. I would imagine that they would try to take it off, but I'm, I'm sure sweating in it is not really a good idea. Right. <laughs> but they stink. <laughs> um, and then one of the things that I've always seen uh, throughout uh, watching Star Trek and actually talking about the uniforms and everything, they were always a size too small. And... Gene Roddenberry was a World War II uh, was a bombardier, I think it was, and um, basically, you know, he grew up. He, he went through the military, so he liked everything tight, just like I do. <laughs> you know, clean cut and everything, and he saw the uh, saw the future as, um, uh, you know, tight, clean cut, and all that kind of stuff. You know, probably no beards too, right? Right. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, being the uh, being made out of spandex, it, it ruined their backs. Apparently, uh, 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 Patrick Stewart did not appreciate it, and it killed his back, or at least it did permanent damage. So, yeah. So, if you plan on getting those, uh, plan on getting a jumpsuit, that's probably not a good idea to make it out of spandex. <laughs> Obviously, they were hot. And then, of course, you know, they couldn't move. Yeah, because they were a size too small. Yeah, I had heard that. And one of the yeah main motivators for them changing was that they were just so tight and restrictive and that they couldn't, you know, they were always just so straight and postured. And, you know, and so, yeah, that would, I could see, be very uncomfortable as you're trying to film and do these long hours of work. Yeah, I definitely am uh, feeling the heat right now. <laughs> so I'm going to take this off because I can feel the heat because it's, it's starting to build up. I always thought it'd be well air conditioned for some reason on the Enterprise or that. I always thought it'd be quite a relatively cool kind of temperature, kind of like a hotel lobby. And oh, I'm the sure Hilton and the Stars? Yes, I'm sure Ken is already jumping on that. But I imagine it's kind of got that kind of cool kind of reception feel kind of temperature. Yeah, That's you never. Always you think. always, yeah, you always hear like environmental systems or anything like that. But like, you never hear anything. Well, no, we hear about heat, but we don't hear anything about air conditioning. Like kind of like when you go into like a Las Vegas like hotel and everything, and that you've got the scorching death heat outside, but inside it's kind of got that little chill um, from like the, the air air temperature. So that's what I always think a starship 
probably feels like. Oh, trust me. It's not a little chill. I go into those casinos and hotels and freeze my tail off. So uh, one thing about doing a cosplay with getting a uniform, at least I feel that I would be warm finally in those wretched hotels. So... They also pump oxygen, so maybe they pump oxygen on the Enterprise to keep everyone awake. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the last point was uh, uh, the boobs are mostly fake. But yeah, uh, we won't go into that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> it was like way to uh, destroy the illusion mm. for me. <laughs> no comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you didn't. Aren't you going to uh, cosplay in uh, ST fifty one? Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, working. It's in the works right now. Uh, One of my friends, his daughter, is wanting to actually make the uh, Deanna Troy blue dress, which I am so excited. And talking about the one that goes down to the floor. Yeah, well, not to the floor, but her ones that she wears in uh, three, four, five. Yeah, mm. the blue. Yeah, with the asymmetrical neckline, and yeah, it's, I'm very looking forward to it. So we'll we'll see if that happens. But uh, if not, then I want to get uh, her uniform or, or the blue uniform that she's in uh, season seven. I like that. Mm. Well, if you want, I actually have the, uh, the, this version, (laughs) uh, the, uh, the Voyager version, uh, patterns that I can actually send that to off to you if you want, if you want to make it, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, I I don't sew anymore. So, um, I will just have to find something and then purchase it. I fear. That's why I have a sewing machine. (laughs) There you go. How about yourself, Lee? Do you cosplay or anything like that? Uh, or planning on to? Well, there is a photo online and maybe if you twist my arm, I maybe I'll use it as the artwork. Um, a few years ago, we had a party where, like, it was my friend. I think it was his 25th birthday party. And what we did was we... The theme was that the males had to dress as female characters and the females had to dress as male characters. So... I had a girlfriend at the time that had a Star Trek red uniform similar to Ahura's one. So I put that on, slapped on a wig, and went out on that. So that's the only time I really cosplayed in a a Starfleet uniform. Um, My current girlfriend had a Star Trek TNG gold uniform, and I put that on one day, and I put on some shades, and I made myself look kind of cool with that on. But not really. Like I find, like the Star Trek uniforms are almost impossible to buy in the UK. You have to spend a hell of a lot on shipping costs to get them from America and the U- uh, China mostly. So I, you know, I'm a small guy, and the uniforms when they're kind of going for sale on like eBay and stuff are more tailored to the larger Star Trek fan. So I tend not to have much opportunity, but. I was, it was quite funny. Like I was having the the big chat the other day with my um, my dad, and he was talking about like inheritance, and he was like, "Well, if we die, son, you know, you'll you'll get our properties, and there'll be money, blah 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 blah." 
and I turned around to my girlfriend and I was telling her that I was like oh well we had this channel and you know we'll maybe have money left over we can buy a big house or something and then she went oh we could maybe buy the Anne Voss Star Trek survival uniform which I've stressed many a time I want to buy so the day my parents kick the bucket and I can sell their house I will potentially have that Anvos uniform so you know god bless hopefully they'll still be alive for you know many many years but if they die i'll finally get that survival suit so i'll be able to grieve and sob at the funeral in the cosplay outfit of my dreams so i'll get back to you when that moment happens man i hope they don't listen to the show (laughs) (laughs) i will tell you my parents did not listen to star trek podcasts (laughs) oh that's good Oh my gosh, Lee, there are so many things. Yes, we have to have that artwork. We need to see that uh, picture for sure, for sure. So make that happen. Make it so. And uh, yeah, that Anvos uh, uniform is uh, pretty pricey. Definitely. That is exactly what this is. Trust me. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. and I always worry because I saw them at the convention last year and I was asking them, you know, because they always have it for the men, the male's uniform. And I was like, well, do you have that in blue, you know, so I can dress up as Deanna Troy for females? And they're like, no, we don't offer that. We don't offer that. So not a little happy with that right now. You know, the ones that they actually had at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas that uh, they had a red one and I swear to God it's the same red one that I had when I, I had to return it because it was a size too small I swear to God I, I was telling Jennifer that uh, when we were there I'm like I think this is the same jacket I mean I swear to God it's like, but like uh, it's like oh uh, yeah their uniforms I mean obviously their costume uh, their costumes are too screen uh, they're, they're screen made I guess uh, whatever patterns they, they get them from because the patterns I have for the Voyager and uh, Deep Space Nine uh, uniforms is tailored to normal people, you know? I mean, and you can also change that as well uh, to fit you as well. But, like, it's nothing to what the Anobos has. It's like, I don't understand where they got it because it comes up... Okay, so I got a long body, and it comes up to right around my belly. (laughs) (laughs) So I can understand why Riker's pulling it down all the time in all those seasons. And it's like... Yeah, I feel you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> so, um, what? Uh, so, sent, oh crap! Oh, my thing's going up, going crazy. Someone sent me. Oh, oh, sleet! Oh my god! <laughs> Please tell me you're drunk when you did that. <laughs> uh, potentially. How, how many years ago was that? Look at your young face. Seven years ago, this, give or take. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say it says 2010 on there. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. Well, you might as well add this to the podcast too, because oh my gosh. So Lee just sent us the picture, and that's wow. That's great, dude. <laughs> wow. Let it not be said that I can't embrace my manly side and my inner Star Trek female uniform side. <laughs> so fabulous. <laughs> Is that you trying to do a pose? Uh, like I don't a, know why. I think we were trying to act all <laughs> macho. And so, yeah. Yes. Flexing your muscles. <laughs> Which are very lacking. <laughs> wow. That's great. I am so glad you shared that. That definitely needs to be the art. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll put it in the art. Well, looking at that uh, wig, 
Oh my goodness gracious. I am lucky because my uh, family owns some wig shops. So I'm looking forward to when I go home over the summer to definitely get some very nice looking wigs so I can uh, dress up as Deanna Troy. You're still going to be a brunette? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I will be as true. Oh, and I want to get, you know, the makeup as close and spot on as I can. So, I'm, you know, you, uh, I assumed you visit that max, uh, uh, section of the uh, convention as well. I did. They taught me some amazing things. And so I will go and get their Star Trek collection. Well, this should be like a cosplay episode, not a uniform episode. Cause of clearly we're I talking about it's so, a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I just got into cosplay myself. I, I know this is going to be embarrassing to say, but um, Richard, so when we I just went, talked about photos of me um, <laughs> as a kind of dressed up as a Star Trek female character. I think good you're call. okay. Yeah, good call. Good call. All right, all right. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> but like, I actually um, had my uniform at Star Trek Las Vegas. I didn't wear it. Yeah, I was about to say I didn't see you, Richard. I wanted to, but I was like, oh, it's, it was. A, so that was going to be my first time ever cosplaying. And yeah, I was embarrassed. What? <laughs> no, the, if ever the time, everyone's all dressed up, especially on Saturday. And the place is freezing cold. So you wouldn't have been too hot. Right. That's true. It's very true. Very true. I uh, next time I go, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll wear it. I promise. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be my, uh, my, uh, what'd you send again? Oh my God. <laughs> oh We're going to share these Lee. In, the, in the comments. <laughs> yeah. He was drunk. That's for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the red <laughs> shoes really do it. And the nylons. Yes. I thought, I thought that the choice of red shoes were pretty good. <sighs> Who's that person in the blue behind you? Uh, that's Lady Gaga. Oh. <laughs> Before her uh, halftime show of appearance. What is that nun? <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's the, the female character he chose to go as. And then there's someone who's from Baywatch. And I can't remember what the person in the tartans dressed, who that's meant to be again. Wait, 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 which one? Uh, uh, yeah, one of the people's dressed in like a tartan dress. I can't remember who that's meant to be. Oh. Oh my gosh. Well, Lee, oh, you have be- a command yellow. Uh, that's my <laughs> girlfriend's one, but she's currently lost it. So oh. it's it's somewhere in the wilderness. Oh, that's so funny. So there you go. There's something to put into your images of your head tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get out of my mind. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I, uh, grew, I didn't grow into digital age. <laughs> Because I know there's pictures out there of me uh, like half drunk, but not like this. <laughs> so since I am the Troy expert, I just want to ask out of all of the uh, wardrobes that we see Deanna in. So we start off. I don't know if you remember her in the encounter at Farpoint where she's in the blue dress, the short dress. Uh, there's that. And then uh, in season one, she's in her gray jumpsuit with a little belt thing around it. Um, then we get her in the blue dress. Uh, we get her also see her in the purple with the uh, the purple. It's got like a, it's a dark part. Pur- yeah. The dark purple yeah, like with fringe. the lilac. Yeah. Jumpsuit. 
And so, and then we have her in, obviously, uh, the blue uniform in six and seven after Jellicoe. Uh, so which is your favorite that you like her best in as a Star Trek fan? Yeah, the six and seven one I really like. Um, I just, I never really connected necessarily with much of her Velcro outfits for counseling. They weren't ones that I ever kind of thought looked great. I thought, I think the blue one's pretty funky. Um, but yeah, as soon as like Jellico put her into the, the proper uniform, I was, I was very happy and well on board with that decision. I liked her. I thought that because she was a counselor and needed to be more approachable and relatable to those, you know, people on the ship, I liked her in the non-uniform. And I know that's probably a rare thing to say on this network, but I felt that it was appropriate for her. And yeah, not really as an officer, but as a ship's counselor. Well, and, you know, and partly what I think, I mean, yeah, I, I understand that they did it for probably for sex appeal, just like they did for uh, Seven of Nine. And I'm sure that's exactly what they did for T'Pol and Enterprise as well. And even Major, I don't know if Major Kira was considered a sex symbol on, on Deep Space Nine. But like, uh, that's how I'm seeing, or at least that's how I saw her in the first, well, no, that is not how I saw her. <laughs> but I'm sure that's what was uh, what was seen as a, like a sex symbol or something like that or some kind of uh, draw even though it's going to bring in draw a male attention anyway but like um, I think that's what it is but ultimately also that uh, it, it you know you want you don't I mean a uniform is very intimidating to, to a lot of people and especially as a counselor I can't imagine I, I actually would think that someone in plain clothes would be better as a counselor than someone in a uniform because I'll be honest I'm intimidated when I was when I was in the military I broke my ankle being seen by a military doctor, it was different between a civilian doctor and a military doctor in a uniform. And I don't know why, it just seems intimidating. Don't know why. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen her, you know, when she's uh, counseling Picard on the bridge, I think that was appropriate that she be in uniform and then the other times not. So I would have liked to seen her more in uniform, but I get the point that, you know, yeah, she was counseling and needing to be more approachable and not as in intimidating like that way. But when she's, you know, on screen or with Picard and she's counseling him, well, the Romulans, they're lying and stuff like that. And I felt, yeah, she really needed to be in uniform for those scenes. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Uh, speaking from a kind of mental health background um, the idea of her essentially dressing down and not being in, the traditional uniform is kind of a common practice that the idea that um, people that are in that line should kind of be more open and approachable in terms of how they dress, that they shouldn't dress in a way that makes them look potentially superior to them. So if you're both in uniform, you know, you're coming to that person for advice. So you're potentially looking at them as more of a kind of colleague than you know someone that's a separate department so i think it, it it completely makes logical sense in in that way if in that line of thinking 
Yeah, I also do that. I mean, because I'm in education. And so as a teacher, I want to make sure that my kids are, you know, feel comfortable asking me questions and approaching me. And so I, I have to walk that fine line of still being professional for the district purposes, but yet still approachable for my students. Hmm. Yeah. I was I, when I was in the military. It was more about intimidation, <laughs> but that's the military. Uh, you know, actually, uh, you mentioned that what, what everyone else's favorite um, uh, uniform of Troy. My favorite is actually of her, not in TNG. It's actually in Voyager when she showed up to Council uh, Barkley uh, for when he was uh, going through his depression or whatever he was going through a uh, work um where, where he was working through his workaholic uh phase of his treatment i think that brings me to my bet uh my favorite uniform i absolutely love that uniform <laughs> the gray t- the gray shoulder pads and then of course the 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 turtleneck as well as you can see it on the cuff on what uh uh, uh, what division that they're in and of course the pips stay the same and everything but oh my gosh that is my favorite the first contact uniform is my favorite out of all of them and mainly because it looks militaristic that's that's ma- the main reason why i love about it yeah like i think it looks definitely designed for working in space and going onto planets I, i'm a huge fan of that uniform also and um, i i I like the little waistcoat almost that Picard and Cisco wear with it as well. And I think it, it really is kind of a, a big step up. And I think the color design is very striking. If I would love to have that uniform as well. So maybe I'll spend some inheritance money on that down the line. It's, I was so close to buying a copy of it from um, China recently. I was going to have to go to a friend's 30th where it was going to be the theme was like geek geek out where your geek passion so i was like this is my opportunity to finally buy a star trek uniform i'm going to go buy it for there and um i kind of was uh, i was starting to hesitate thinking oh can i really trust this website in china i don't know i don't know um, and then i had to end up going to a wedding reception instead so i had to go in a normal suit as opposed to a starfleet uniform so uh the wait goes on to buy a uniform again yeah can we talk about the color and why the next generation had so many variations on their blues. I don't get that. They went from blue to like teal. What was up with that? Do you have any inside information on that? Like the blues were never consistent and that that did drive me crazy. You talk about the dark blue, the light blue, and then the teal. Yeah. I think, uh, was it medical counseling and then what was it astrometrics was the teal one well just throughout the seasons like they started with blue and then they went to like a teal it just they just changed the blue colors all the time even the reds like the first seasons they were more of an orangey red and then they went more to a cardinal red I think it's a lot to do with the kind of the dyes and the different kind of textures of the uniforms they're using, the certain, you know, going from lycra to wool or or whatever it was. And like that can have effect in the dyeing process and how it shoots on light. So I'd imagine it's just kind of part of the, you know, there's probably no kind of big reasoning behind it. It's more just a consequence of the the making process, I guess. But I think the uh, the uniform that, uh, Picard was wearing in uh, tapestries. It was a teal color, and it 
I, I, I don't know if, the, if that's what, I mean, I don't think we saw Astrometric after that, where we, we saw someone in Astrometric in, in Lessons, but I don't remember it being a teal color. I remember it as a blue color, but I, I don't know. I, I might be mistaken. I don't know. But I do remember that, that there was a shade of blue. I don't know what the actual reason why. Yeah, because I didn't see those color variations in the other series. And of course, they probably had perfected it by then. And you're right, Leah, probably was just, we need to change these uniforms we've got different material and then how i mean i just am not familiar with filming things so it may have been just this the lighting on the set that made it weird but i noticed it that that's also one of the warnings for a novos uh, uniforms is that certain uh depending on the quality in of and also the cut of the material obviously black can be black but like this mustard yellow is the closest that you could possibly get to the screen uh, screen uh, level of it. It even has a shoulder pads. So I just realized that. <laughs> but like it's uh, but like because when I was looking for the uniform, that was my biggest uh, thing was that comparing on screen. So I'm I'm assuming that you're talking about uh, cosplay sky uh, from China. Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. Well, so I purchased a red uniform from them and then that Anovo's uniform from that. Now, obviously, it's like a, the, the price difference is like astronomical. <laughs> it's like only 20 bucks over at Cosplay Sky and maybe just as much to ship it. And then Anovo's is like $600. But like Cosplay Sky, um, I noticed that a lot of their materials are shiny. They're very, very shiny. It's like, it's like it, you know, the second the, the light hits it, it's like bright red <laughs> i mean it looks carnal but no it looks weird that's very good to know because i was thinking of getting uh the dress whites from uh the insurrection but i may have to do a little more research on that right and that's what i did too is like i spent hours days uh for researching on who's i mean i even and obviously you can always go to the message board and uh look at what everyone's thoughts are because i mean that was the that was my biggest draw was that i don't want to go to cosplay sky if the material is too shiny and it bright it makes it brighter for whatever reason whereas a novos it's a whole different type another it's another material and it does it looks like it absorbs the light <laughs> so which is great because that's that's not what i need i don't need something that blinds everyone i think one thing we need to step back to is the the uniforms of the generation period i don't know if you guys got the toys for generations as, that we did in the uk but the original idea and you, you see it in one of the deleted scenes with geordie is what they were originally going to go with they were going to make new uniforms for generation and they were a combination of the tng uniform and kind of the original series uniform that it was still going to be the kind of the gold colors or red whatever on top and you could actually pull it out and it would be like a flap and then on the the wrists they were going to have like the 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 bands to show the rank and the 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 pips would be kind of along the along a straight line as opposed to around the neck so they really all the star trek toys were released with that design um and then they decided like one day into shooting that they just couldn't get the image right and you can you can get the images kind of online um and then they decided like oh no we've left it to last minute so that's why they ended up with a combination of the tng uniforms and the jumpsuits the only people that got like jumpsuits made for them were 
Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner, and then the rest that wore them, uh, Jonathan Frakes, LeVar Burton, um, they were essentially wearing Avery Brooks's one, and um, I think it was Cole Meany's one. So Jonathan Frakes is wearing Avery Brooks's hand-me-downs in Generations. Yeah, and they've mentioned that at the convention and how they were saying like, yeah, the sleeves were too, what was it, too short or something on Jonathan Frakes or something. And that's why his arm is always bent. Yeah. Oh, that just put two to two together. <laughs> that's why he's when he's walking down the corridors, he looks like a robot. <laughs> that's that makes total sense. Yeah. So can we talk about Worf's uh, accessory there? Because on the first season, right, it's this sort of materialistic thing. And then after that, we get the chain thing. And so why is he allowed to wear it? The big question. And Ro can't even wear a simple earring. Man, I feel like you need to host this. No. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I like I, I like Worf's. I prefer the chain thing that he wears um, personally. Now, did you did you like the gold one or did you like the 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 rusty uh, gray one that they that he basically had from season two on? Yeah, the the season two on. Yeah, that gold one. It didn't seem it seemed too flimsy for a warrior to be wearing. Flashy. I, I always think it was flashy because <laughs> I mean, it's got it's even got like uh, I, I want to say tassels on the end end of it, or at least on the bottom of the uh, of the sash. It looked it looked way too flashy. It didn't yet. Like you said, it doesn't look like a uh, warrior would wear. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't wear. Yeah. I, I have no issue with it. I, I'm top of my head. The excuse I'm going to come up with is the Klingons are a member of the Federation, so perhaps they're more lenient and understanding to the cultural differences where the Bajorans are not members of the Federation, and perhaps they are more ignorant about their cultures than they should be. Yeah, I'll go. That, that's my. That's finally and a reason that I uh, can put into my head canon. Thank you. You know, and I, I think like there was original, like I think like the sash my father wore or whatever that um, that was going to be kind of where it came from originally with Worf. And I think the design that they go with is really kind of, you know, that kind of TOS style one. So, yeah. And then I think it looks better when it was ramped up to the metal edition. Um, so, yeah, I think it looks better from season two onwards um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely love his uniform. <laughs> it definitely adds more personality. And yeah, he. It, yeah, I would say he's more intimidating with that. You know, every security officer should have that with their badges and everything. <laughs> <laughs> the list of medals. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So um, let's talk about costumes. Did you guys have a favorite uh, costume in TNG? Like uh, for like aliens or or even um, uh, for the crew members uh, that they were wearing off duty, like maybe in Riza or something like that. Q, you know, the Mr. Ben of his time. Um, Mr. Ben is a UK cartoon series where a man goes into fancy dress costume shop and he comes out every time dressed as something ridiculous and goes on an adventure. Q is Mr. Ben. And um, yeah, anytime he appears, he's always bound to be wearing something fabulous and interesting from judges' outfits to World War Three costumes to 
in anything. He's a hell of a guy. <laughs> Which looks like a bubble suit. Yes. <laughs> What what do you, what do you think, Amy? Did you have a favorite? Did uh, did one of them stick out to you that uh, was more prominent than the other? Besides Deanna Troy, that is. <laughs> you can't. You know what? I'm gonna put that restriction on you. You can't use Deanna Troy. I know. Well, there were a couple of outfits. I'm like, oh man, she's so pretty there. I want to have that outfit. Yeah, uh, so I wanted to comment on what Lee said. I like Q, and especially in All Good Things with the big, tall red hat. And and I think that really put it in... It seemed futuristic, but yet in the past from the 24th century, you know. And so I like that that costume really... You know, it's like it's the future for us, but it's the past for, you know, the next generation crew. So I thought they did a really good job in portraying the whole um, court scenes at Encounter and at All Good Things. So I, I do really like that. Um, I just do I like any of them? I mean, are we going to go through this entire episode and not talk about the costumes of justice? <sighs> Justice. <laughs> this episode's just got X-rated. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, justice. Yes. Oh. <laughs> justice. All right. Oh, yep. Let's go into that after this. <laughs> so yeah, those costumes were, uh, yeah, very memorable. Um, what did you think of those costumes? Little to, uh, little to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I really am just like, how are things staying in place when they're running all the time? That's was my tape. only thought. Tape, really strong tape. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. There's a. Uh, um, it reminds me of a thing George Lucas said when um, he, he it was uh, Carrie Fisher came out with this comment that, oh, um, in in the future, you're there's no underwear, there's no bras, and she was like, and and she's like, oh, he said that with all the sincerity of someone that's gone into space and seen it, and I often think George Lucas and Gene Roddenberry are quite similar in that response. Like, I can imagine Gene Roddenberry just going, yeah, I think that this uniform is what people will wear in the future, definitely, definitely. And I could just there's I could just see him just like because obviously his uh, love of women and relationships is quite well known. So I can imagine someone with his kind of mind and passion uh, could would go along with really believing this is how a society might be in the future. I actually was just thinking that. I, I wish they had the continuity thing uh, settled down and everything, but I can imagine Zephyr and Cochran because he said that his dream for building the Phoenix was uh, in uh, first contact was women. <laughs> I can only imagine. I could see uh, Zephyr and Cochran running around with them and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing their X-ray part of this. <laughs> So what costumes did you like, Richard? One of my favorite costumes out of, besides the uniforms and everything, is Ardra. And I just love how intricate that dress is. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's simple. It's not really extravagant or anything, because it's like, it's got gold stripes. It kind of looks like uh, the TNG, uh, I'm sorry, the D Space Nine uniforms, because it's got gold uh, straight line across her chest. And it's got like a, 
uh, like a, uh, some kind of symbol in the in the middle. But oh my gosh, I love that dress, and I've always loved her uh, her outfit on that episode. Yeah. So can we talk? I thought of a character, Luxana Troy. You mentioned her earlier. Yes, and, and uh, yeah, I was gonna go into her too. Oh, okay. Go ahead. No. So so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Her. I mean, what an amazing costume set she just must have had. I want to be in her closet and to be, she just puts on this personification of I'm old and I don't care and this is what I want to wear and it makes me happy type of thing. And so her costuming definitely fits with her character that she uh, plays, Uh, even Oh, the one, oh, Haven, where Troy is getting, is engaged and, and she's wearing to the uh, bridal party or whatever, this thing that shows her entire back. I'm like, wow, it's just so amazing. And these dresses are just so extravagant and over the top. It's, it's fabulous. You mean the one showing her naked? Uh, no, she wear it's this dress and covers her front, obviously, but the back is completely open. It's this huge, big V-neck in the back. It's it's amazing. I, I wanted that one. I like huh. that one. I'll have to look that up because I, I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, I don't see one with a back because I'm looking through all kinds of pictures. Uh, obviously, it, it, I don't know if she has any input into these uh, costumes or anything like that, but she loves things on her shoulders. Yes. Well, it is, you know, reminiscent of the 80s and the big shoulder pads and stuff. So. So what do you think about that, Lee? What do you think about Waxana's uh, uh uh, costume choices. Yeah, they were always quite kind of flamboyant, weren't they? Um, her and Mr. Holmes, Mr. Holmes always knew how to make a, a bold entrance. So yeah, um, I think whenever the costume department got a script for <laughs> Luxana Troy episodes, I'm sure they, they went to town, they probably went around Beverly Hills and um, areas like that to get an impression of what kind of <laughs> horrific fashion taste the, uh, the old stars were wearing and probably went Right, that's what Alexander Troy will wear. Let's make something a variation of that. I actually have a question, uh, Amy, and I'm glad that we're talking about Troy, Waxana Troy, and stuff that are extravagant and all that. So, and we're going back to uh, Star Trek Las Vegas 51. Are we going to see the, uh, a, an appearance of the goddess of empathy? <laughs> Let me stop laughing. (laughs) I mean, you do say, you know, (laughs) great joy and gratitude. I I figured if you're a fan of that quote, you would, uh, the goddess of empathy would appear. (laughs) Yeah, let me uh, go buy a curtain and drape it on myself. No, I will not be uh, wearing that. Unless you, I'm quite curious that if you two, you know, Richard, you're getting married uh, soon. Are you having a full Betazoid dress sense that day? Oh, you had to hit a sore subject. Yes, with a me, bone didn't of you? contention. <laughs> uh, well, we could ha- like I like I told uh, you know Amy, we could do a Betazoid uh, you know ceremony, but you know I was like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, she doesn't want to see that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I. 
So the idea that we were going to have with our engagement photos was that I was going to be wearing a Star Trek uniform and she'd be wearing a, um, a, a dress robe from Harry Potter. Yeah, she likes Harry Potter, Potter right? Right, exactly. So she was going to get that, and I don't know what happened to the plan, but there was no way I was going to pay $700 for <laughs> the dress uniform and everything. I was like, no, 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 no. But, um, Maybe if we uh, just turn this uh, podcast into a plug for Anne Voss, Evos, whatever it's called, Anne Voss. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go like this. You know, you, we'll provide links and stuff. We should have really like pimped this episode out to them. Yes. And went, We're going to really promote your episode. <laughs> Send me the survival suit, you that, and the... Uh, Amy, the Deanna Troy uniform, we really haven't thought this through. So, yes. Oh, the Man. goddess of empathy. A missed opportunity. <laughs> we need to contact Anvos immediately. We'll send them a link to this episode, and fingers crossed we get about $1,500 worth of free uniforms sent 1, out to 000, us. Is that how much it costs? Well, it costs about 500 for the survival suit, so I'm saying like about 500 generously with accessories for all um, of us. So. It's 600 for mine. Well, you can pay the extra hundred dollars then. <laughs> we'll cover the shipping, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'll, we'll send a link to them, and we'll see if we can get uh, some freebies. Yeah. What's the point of doing a podcast that all these people listen to if we're not going to use it for free stuff? Come on. That's right. I know, right? <laughs> and you know they and watch they'll just send us a card saying thank you for <laughs> telling our thank you for you know pimping out our uh, stuff. <laughs> Quite right. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, yeah. But like uh, for the wedding, uh, for the wedding, we actually have, uh, we're going to have pins on everyone's, we're gonna, obviously everyone's going to be uh, in uh, a tuxedo, a gray tuxedo. And, and then we're going to have like, you know, the, what's the flower that goes on the guys? Carnation? A rose? Carnation? Whatever. Depends <laughs> no, on what you choose. <laughs> That's true. We haven't figured that part out. <sighs> Um, so like, you know, the, the rose or whatever, the flower, and then that's going to be on my left chest. And then on top of that, or right next to it, it's going to be the Starfleet insignia. So mine's going to be command, best man's going to be science, and then everyone else is a red shirt. Oh, that'll be very nice. <laughs> that'll be very nice. So, and then on her side, it'll be Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. So can we also talk about the costumes of the Klingons and how fabulous they are. Oh, am I the only one? I no, love, no, 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 you are. I love the Klingon costumes. They are so awesome. I mean, even down to the little spikes on their shoes. I mean, come on now. Every detail screams warrior and the largeness of the costumes just parallels the largeness of each of their uh, attitudes and honor and you know it's just amazing i i love the klingon costumes and my favorite are the women's and i want that as well uh, you know my only issue with the klingon uh, uniform was that i wish they just didn't have platforms because <laughs> yeah, I, I get it they want to be taller it's them posturing be- yeah did you feel inadequate right. richard <laughs> Well, considering I don't have those shoes, no. was your fragile masculinity <laughs> threatened by these women in platform shoes in the future? Well, at least you know they 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 like they should just cover you know cut the camera right where it, right where the platforms are or something like that, or at least not make it so obvious. <laughs> But like, yeah, that's that's my only issue with the uniform. I love that uniform. I agree. It's got spikes all over the place. It looks sharp and dangerous to even touch. <laughs> I mean, and even Lursa and 
Bator. Bator. Yeah, they is still very Klingon, but just a little peekaboo there. Love it. <laughs> just a little, Jesus. <laughs> I thought I saw the twin uh, sons of Tatooine uh, every time uh, <laughs> every day it popped on screen. There we go, crosses the streams again. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. Oh man, yeah, those uniforms. Woof. <laughs> and they're not. And the, I mean, they look. They they're not that they're not good looking in the in those costumes, but they're actually pretty uh, very pretty women. <laughs> they're very pretty women outside of their makeup. That is. Yeah. Because I mean, they find humans revolting. <laughs> Especially those teeth. Those teeth are, are are great. Especially when the women's are like, you know, they look stained and everything. And the, it's, uh, I'm going to gross myself out thinking about it. <laughs> so I was recently on uh, the podcast on Warp 5, Trek FM, FM's dedicated show to Enterprise. And Brandon and I were discussing uh, Acquisition, which introdu- not introduces, but is episode of Ferengi. And so we were comparing how the Ferengi were introduced in Next Gen compared to uh, in Enterprise. And one of the things Brandon commented was, well, at least in Acquisition, they weren't wearing all those furry coats. And I thought, well, yeah, that that was a little weird to see them just covered in so much fur, even down to their boots and their little jackets, all furry. That I was not a fan of uh, seeing the Ferengi that way. Why is that? It just didn't, it seemed so dated. And I guess I equate like those furs, like with very old people. And so I didn't, it didn't seem like an alien race would be wearing that, especially one who would be stealing from you know, a race who is known to be stealing stuff from other people that they would have picked up a little bit more fashion sense, I guess. <laughs> what do you what do you think about that, Lee? Uh, yes, I'll go along with that. There's there's no fashion sense whatsoever there. <laughs> you know, it, it, thinking about it, I, I forgot about acquisition uh, and I remember how they were because uh, but like it. You know, maybe they were thinking for coats back in the '80s, rich people. You know, you know everything's made out of platinum or no, platinum. Oh my gosh, everything's made out of gold pressed platinum, and uh, maybe that's a symbol of wealth. I well, don't know. and I think why they wore the furs, and again, this is just me thinking because they have been, they were portrayed as, as I said on that last podcast was like, they're very monkey-esque. And so you get this, you know, that feeling of they're all hunched over and their long arms and their hoo-hoo-ha-ha type of thing. And so I think the fur was trying to show them that way. As like a primitive race or something like that? But that's just what I was thinking. I don't know if that was the intent. That admit makes sense. I guess that'll be an episode that we'll have to introduce the Ferengi and break them down. That's a good idea. We should we should do that. <laughs> okay, so I know I'm gonna catch a lot of flack from Ken because you know he's a Navy guy and I'm an Army guy. But before I joined the Army, I was actually going to join the Navy. Funny enough, inspiration from Star Trek. So, um, but like on a 
aircraft carrier, um, there is a different color for each job. And um, I'm not sure if everyone knows that. I'm sure a lot of people do know that. But for those who don't know, um, each yeah, <laughs> each job on an aircraft carrier, uh, there's a different color for a specific job. So um, I'll, I'll just go through this list that I have. So purple, um, when you see purple shirts, they fuel the aircraft or helicopter or whatever. Um, blue is the, usually the ones that are uh, controlling the elevators on the aircraft carrier, handles the planes and tractors and all that. So basically moves the aircraft um, instead of uh, obviously the engine on and everything. Um, green is the catapult guys uh, who uh, who make sure that uh, the aircraft is nestled into its uh, catapult before it launches off the aircraft carrier. Because obviously the aircraft carrier is too short for it to, you know, burn its engine and uh, keep on going. So it needs a little push. So basically, um, yellow uh, is also uh, aircraft handling and cat- oh no, I did did I go through? Oh, it's also uh, plane direction uh, directors and everything. So basically, they're traffic lights. Uh, red is ordnance, so weapons. Red shirts. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then that's course, why they die all the time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, <laughs> but let's hope not. Okay, let's not. <laughs> Um, brown is air wing captains, so basically those who are in charge, and then white is the safety officer. So, uh, but that that was the, basically the color schemes. Obviously, we only see blue, yellow, and red. So, which makes sense, you know, yellow being the ones who are handling the catapults, uh, you know, operations and all that. Red ordnance, obviously, that's a self-explanatory. And you know, I guess blue has nothing to do with medical. Or I guess science. it's better than white. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's better than white. Because <laughs> actually, that would be the equivalent. <laughs> so. Well, that was very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I yeah, no problem. Yeah. Now that was the that was the intention of the uh, original series. So obviously, it's changed for uh, TNG uh, as well as Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Um, but yeah, that's basically yeah. Because I think. Uh, was the color scheme the same? No, this color scheme was was the same for Enterprise for TOS. So yeah, it was the same thing for them too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there you go. Something you can uh, go to trivia or Star Trek trivia with. All right. If that kind of question came up. Well, talking about the costumes and uniforms of the next generation isn't the only topic that we've been talking about here on the network. Here's a quick look at what you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. <laughs> It doesn't take much to take some of the, the most iconic TOS stories and see how the reboot cast could add their own flavor and make it cool and interesting to watch. Warp 5. They, they think that it breaks continuity by having them in there, and it's, it's it breaks established continuity. And I felt that way as well the first few times that I watched this episode. I was not happy to see the Ferengi in here. I thought it was fan service. I thought it was a little bit too much fan service. And I also thought that it didn't make any sense because of what had been established in The Last Outpost and The Battle. Saturday Morning Trek. And the backgrounds were actually reused later in other filmation properties. That would be cool to see that. I, I never watched the He-Man cartoon, but I'm sure if I watched it today, I'd be going like, oh, that's the planet from yesteryear or yeah. whatever episode. <laughs> Melodic tracks. You know, when you're used to recording either at Abbey Road or Sony Studios in Hollywood, uh, it's 
you know, it's hard to, to go to another room that doesn't have that same kind of sound, you know. Um, and also the depth of players is not, you know, it's just not as deep as it is here in, in London, for instance, you know. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPod, iPad, Kindle, Android, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get your free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Thank you, Audible, for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. For example, $5 a month gets you into our patron zone, where you get exclusive content and access to our early releases of our podcast. At the $15 a month level, you get to participate in our monthly roundtable discussions with other patrons of the network. At $25 a month, you get associate producer credits for any podcast that you choose. We would like to take this moment to thank our current Patreon associate producer, Michael Huter. Thank you so much for supporting Earl Grey. Another way to support our network and get cool stuff is to visit Redbubble at redbubble.com slash shop slash Trek FM. You can find amazing designs for shirts, pillows, phone cases, and more. And with each purchase, a portion of the sales goes to Trek FM. You can connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called the Babel Conference. You can search this B-A-B-L through the search field, or you can like the facebook.com slash trekfm page for show updates and announcement. The network is also at Twitter at trekfm. You can listen to every show on the network at trek.fm with links for iTunes, streaming services, and a direct download link. If you would like to contact Lee, Richard, or Amy, that's me, Visit trek.fm slash contact to send us a subspace message or find us on social media. So, Amy, where can everyone find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson. But my favorite place is on the Babel Conference. So look for me there. What about you, Lee? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lee underscore Nostromo. You can find me at Star Trek VHS. I've got a partnership going on with TrekCore just now where I'm sharing my art with them. You can find me on the Filibuster podcast talking about nerd and geek culture. And you can find me behind the scenes on the Glasgow's Green Football Podcast. Awesome. And you guys can find me also on the Babel Conference where I pop in here and there to cause a little trouble. But uh, also you can find me on Twitter at XRansom. So until next time, join us for another cup of Earl Grey. Great joy and gratitude. Definitely feeling aggressive tendencies. Today is a good day to die. Again.